0: do you, you will ask what will you do when you find me do, 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 do. don't be scared of
1: yourself hi I'm Dawn and I'm Ashley we would like to welcome you to the Work It You Are Worth It
0: podcast where two friends sit around and talk about healing growth and healthy relationships Hey Ashley
1: Hey, Don. how are you? Oh, I'm
0: amazing. How are you? I'm great. It has been a wonderful weekend.
1: I'm in Texas. I was when I decided to come here, but he kept saying how hot it was. Oh, my God, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be the, it's going to be like 110 higher. I'm like, well, but there's no humidity. How can it be that bad? And so I'm here and oh, my gosh, it is so nice.
0: Good, that's awesome. Now, I have to ask, because I remember a few weeks ago, there was some concern. Is the air conditioning working?
1: Air conditioning is working. Um, what's interesting, because coming, you know, being from Florida, you know, I lived in Indiana, where there was some humidity. I'm now I've lived in Florida for 20 years. So humidity, it's August in Florida, it's hotter than hell, you just don't go outside. And if you do, oh. you're going to just drench yourself immediately. Here, no like today, it registered 108. But there's a nice little breeze. And so when I walk outside, I feel the breeze and I don't even there's no humidity. Okay. So I'm outside and I'm like, people are like, Oh, my God, it's so hot. And I'm like, this is nice. Because I appreciate the breeze. I you know, when I feel a breeze, I you know, things you know with awareness and hp that's my hp talking to me and i i I, you know i close my eyes and i just i feel it and i breathe in and so it's so it's been really interesting because like i said everybody's saying how hot it is and i'm just like oh this is gorgeous
0: now yeah, it doesn't feel quite so hot to you
1: no it doesn't now i can't say 20 years from now or you know 10 years from now it wouldn't be hot to me but coming here you know, spending August here versus spending August in Florida, I'll take it. Yeah. 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 So, so we talked about letting go a couple of weeks ago. Last week, I had a sponsor reach out and she was sh- she shared something that she had written and it was I actually at the end actually teared up and was crying and it was just such an amazing um Journal if she called it she called it her it was a journal entry and it was so amazing I asked her if I could share it. Okay. So I she said yes and so that's what I would like to share tonight and then maybe we can talk about it a little bit. I would love to. It's time to let go. It's time to move on. I'm not forcing it. I've done so much to get to this point and I can see now that it's time. I thought letting go would look a certain way. I thought it would be me blocking him on my phone. And that would be that. It ended up being so much more, starting with a debris pile in my backyard. I just thought it was time to tackle this pile, not realizing that in doing so, I would provide myself a new sense of freedom. I would allow myself to let go. The debris pile has accumulated over the last six years, and I allowed that to happen. He took care of the yard when he was here, and when he didn't feel like dealing with fallen branches, tree limbs, or leaves, he put them in this pile, to be taken care of at a later time. Sometimes he cleared parts of the pile, but it never went away completely, and over time it continued to grow. This pile started representing to me all of the broken promises, the dreams and the stories that never came true. I kept waiting for him to take care of the pile. I nagged, I tried to control and ultimately I looked the other way. He has been gone for almost a year and I have done nothing until now to take care of the situation. I have looked at that pile daily. I have a clear view of it from my bedroom window and from my kitchen sink. Each time that I look at it, it's with disgust and a feeling of being so overwhelmed with the task of removing it. The tree limbs, the branches, the leaves, they were all pretty at one time, but the sum of the mess is a mess. And to me, it symbolizes all of the resentments that I have carried with me for those unmet promises. All of the expectations that I had that ultimately became resentments and an ugly pile of debris. Several months ago, I couldn't take looking at it anymore. So I asked the guys that cut my long, lawn if they could remove it. They don't speak English and, have, have, and a lot was lost in translation. And ultimately, HP didn't allow me to take that easy way out. They did remove a tiny portion of the pile. So HP took some, ta- some of that burden and made it a tad more manageable for me but I had to do the rest in my own time. I didn't plan it. I didn't try and control it. But today was the day I see now that it's no coincidence that my daughter is away for a few days. And this is the first time that I can remember having the house all to myself for an extended period of time. I thought of things that I would do with this time and tackling the pile was nowhere on the list. But I woke up. And decided today was the day I would no longer think of who I can get to do this for me I would no longer drop hints to my kids to help me I realized it was up to me and I had the power within me all along yet I've been looking to others to save me it's time to save myself the sticks and logs I started with the sticks and logs on top of the pile As I removed them, one by one, I realized that this is the surface stuff. I thought the sticks would be the hardest part. They were so heavy. Once I started, though, I felt more and more empowered. It was up to me to decide what to do with each one. Some went into the creek. Some I broke up and put in bags. And some went into the fire pit. I started a beautiful fire, something I've never done before. Something that would have scared me before. I listened to the beautiful crackling, smelled the fire, and also felt the stinging in my eyes and my throat. This was not easy, but it was my power to remove the sticks and the logs. I decided that the sticks and the logs represented the addiction, the lies, the disappointments. All of the stuff that he had done to me. The leaves and the dirt. Next came the leaves. Under all of those sticks and logs, now I had to dig deeper. The leaves represented my shame for allowing all of those things to happen to me. The feelings of not being good enough, of abandoning him, of not being able to fix him. The shame of believing that I ever had the power to do any of that. The leaves were actually harder to remove than the sticks and the logs. I had to rake them up. I had to put them in bags. I had to drag the bags to the garage. I had to be intentional but as I dug deeper and deeper, it actually became easier. I was able to see my progress and keep going. Mixed in with the leaves was a lot of dirt and even some weeds. The dirt was my grief, my sadness, the loss of a dream. I was able to remove some of the dirt with the leaves, but much of it will remain. The dirt will always be there, but I can plant grass and even flowers, and I can make a new life for myself from this dirt. The grief and the sadness, the dirt, will never go away completely, but I don't have to look at it every day. This grief and sadness can be turned into something beautiful, can be the start of something new. All of the experiences that, I have, that have brought me to this place of grief have made me the person I am today, and I wouldn't want them to just go away. Under all of those logs and leaves and dirt was quite unexpected, a very large pile of large rocks. I had no idea that these rocks were even there under the debris. I don't know why he started this pile with all of these rocks. I don't know where they came from, and it doesn't matter at all. What matters is that they are here now, and it is up to me to take care of them. To take care of me. It's time to dig even deeper. As I look at the pile of rocks, I decide that tomorrow I will remove them. The rock symbolizes my last connection to him, and tomorrow they will go away. So this morning, I woke up to the tackle the, rest of the last part of the mess, the debris pile, otherwise known as my relationship with him. When I removed the sticks and leaves over the last two days, I thought the hard part was done, and today I would just be removing the remaining rocks. The sticks represented the surface stuff. The leaves were my shame. I thought this morning I could clear away the rocks, which I thought was my last connection to him. I could be done. I did remove the rocks, but I was mistaken about what they represent in my story. I put on my work gloves and dragged the wheelbarrow over to the rocks. My plan was to load up the wheelbarrow, probably three to four times, and place the rocks in an area of the yard that I don't need to look at. HP had other ideas for sure. I loaded up the first rocks, the ones on top. I went to pull the wheelbarrow and the tire was flat. It was not going to move. HP was not allowing me to take the easy way out for this remaining most important step. I regrouped and I developed a new plan. I didn't try to force the wheelbarrow to move. I didn't cry about my bad luck. I didn't call someone to come fix it. I trusted HP and I trusted myself. I decided that these rocks represent parts of my journey and they should, be not, should not be hidden away, but they should be put in a proper place and should definitely be cleared out to make room for better things. I created a small rock wall on the side of my yard. It's not a part of the yard, but I look at it every day. I can't see it from the house, but I can visit it and I can make it into something new something beautiful, and yet not forget the moment that brought me to this beautiful place in my life. The wheelbarrow was out, so I carefully removed each rock, one at a time, and I deliberately placed it in the area that I had chosen. As I carried each rock, I thought of a memory from my relationship. I remembered it. I felt it. As I walked across the yard, and then as I placed each rock down, I let it go this took hours and so many memories so many tears so many opportunities to let them go my first thought was to, to take the biggest rocks first the ones on the bottom then I could get the hard stuff out of the way and that would make a nice foundation for my wall HP said nope I couldn't physically remove the big rocks until I got the smaller ones on top out of the way For each rock that I moved, I thought of a time that I'd been hurt and I let it go. The memory started with things that he did wrong to hurt me. As I continued and let my thoughts flow without trying to control them, I started letting go of my complicity in these hurts, how I abandoned myself, how I abandoned my children at times, and how I allowed this to continue happening. As I was having these thoughts and making these amends with myself, the rocks were getting bigger. I was getting stronger. I even started to carry two at a time. I didn't get tired for hours of lugging rocks. I got stronger. With each rock that I put down, I let go of the pain and the shame of allowing all of this to happen in my life. Those big rocks on the bottom that I couldn't move at first turned out to be the happy memories. The laughter, the fun, the love, the dreams. I had to let them go, too. And I did. The rocks are still there in a different part of the yard. They look prettier now, and perhaps one day I will move them again. I will visit these memories when I need to, but I don't have to carry them with me any longer. Now the rocks are gone, and what's left? It's not pretty. It's the roots of the tree. They are above ground. They are messy. The roots are me, though. The roots give the tree life. The roots are my connection to my higher power. The messiness is me, and I can now love that part of me. If I tried to remove that, I'd kill the tree, and now I see the truth. The The tree is me. I cleared away all the mess to make room for me. And that's the end of her journal entry.
0: Wow. I wish that there was a way that we could show these pictures as we were reading this. I haven't heard this before until now. Um, It's extremely touching, it is extremely moving, and it is real. It's not easy, right? It's days of work that was, I think, three days Mm -hmm. in that. Yep. And the way that it is described, moving these dirt and the debris and the sticks and the analogies there are just um extremely touching.
1: I struggled getting it through with the first time and I obviously struggled the second time. Um, I find this very very powerful and that was my ask of her was to take her power back. She had been working on step nine and she'd done some permans and she was struggling with Amends with herself, amends with her HP, you know, like that last final step of amends. And this is what she
0: did. I can can see, um, right, I can imagine myself doing this and I can picture things that I have done in my life, um, especially as relationships has ended. And there was a very similar situation that is coming up in me Um, about five years ago, Nick and I split up. Um, it was right. It was the final straw for me. I had cervical cancer and he was drinking and doing drugs. And, um, I asked him to move out. I was done and he left. And for years we had been talking about painting the house and painting the bedrooms and just, just painting it top to bottom, front to back and cleaning it. And, um, Again, like 10 years of buildup, right? It, it, We just never did it. And finally, he moved out and I just had to do it. And it took, God, it took, I think it took five straight days, one room at a time, emptying all of the furniture out, washing the walls and the doors and the baseboards, and then painting everything fresh and then moving everything back in. And I have to say, just as she described in this, it was the... It, the biggest act of letting go that I think I had ever done, and the process and the actual visual change of it is outstanding.
1: It was really interesting because I got this, I read it, talked to her about it, and the next day I get a um, a text from her, and we had talked that night. We were just kind of after after we talked about this, we were like kind of joking around. I'm like, oh, you're gonna be so sore tomorrow. You're gonna, you're gonna be so sore all that work. And she's like, I know. And she and again, we related it back to like recovery. And right. She calls me, texts me, calls me the next day. And she's like, HP, I guess they had either rain or a storm that night. And all that work she did in that pile. Guess what was on the ground again?
0: All the sticks and leaves.
1: And she's like, and I've realized this is my life. There is always going to be sticks and leaves. And I will always have to clean them up. It isn't one and done. Leaves and sticks will fall. I will go out. I will pick them up. The difference is I'm not going to let them pile up. They fall, I pick them up. They fall again, I pick them up. And that's how she's like, and that's how I work
0: recovery. It's crazy how this analogy really does work, right? (laughs) I mean, there's a storm, all the leaves fall, the sticks fall, the debris, whatever, and you don't clean it up. And then there's another storm and there's more, and you don't clean it up. There's another storm, there's more. Before you know it, you can't even walk out in your yard. There's just nothing but sticks and debris and rocks and leaves, and you can't, it's not nice looking, it's not pretty. And then if you decide to clean it up, once you decide to clean it up, it would take weeks. It would take days, just like in this letter, right? It would take days. Whereas just like you were just saying, the storm falls, the debris falls, you go out, you clean it up immediately. It might take 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. might take an hour, but it's not gonna take days. Right. In real life, in relationships, in our everyday life, it is very, very much the same thing. If the storm comes and the ship falls, if I clean it up right away, if I acknowledge, if I take accountability, I make an amends, I take my own inventory, and I... Grow from my inventory, right? Making amends once I take my inventory isn't just about saying sorry, it's about making a change. Mm-hmm. If I do all that stuff, it's cleaning up that debris, right? There's nothing to pile up, nothing ever gets dirty. It's um,
1: manageable, right? Step one is I'm my life is unmanageable. That was that pile that she started with. My life is yeah. no longer unmanageable because they fall, I pick them up immediately. It's manageable.
0: That's for sure. That's crazy. (laughs) So she used the words letting go a lot here. She did. So when I think of letting go, I think of, right, I'm done with it. Not that it'll never come again, right? Right. More will come, another storm may come. But once I let something go, I've let it go. I'm done with it.
1: So have you ever been in a situation where, because I think of people are saying, just move on, just move on. Do you think moving on and letting go are the same
0: thing? Well, so that brings us into a conversation, right? Because yeah, before you asked me that question, I may have said yes. Letting go and moving on. Uh, I think moving on is the act of letting go, but you haven't let go yet.
1: Okay, I look at what she did as letting go. Because what she did was she no longer carries that burden and weight with her. She has and she said it, I have memories, I'll have these memories, things will come up and I'll have a memory. But there's no weight to them anymore.
0: Right. She felt everything she needed to feel with it. Right. And she described that in her Mm -hmm. her journal and letter, whatever she described it. Right. I carried those rocks, the sticks, the debris, all of it. And I felt it. Working through that debris pile was her act of moving on. And then looking back and seeing those roots and going, that's me. There it is. I think that was the letting go part.
1: When I was doing my, uh, I was doing a little bit of research on this. I've had a little bit of time. I found this uh, article about looking at different ways of moving on and letting go. And they gave some really interesting examples. And one of them was, and I actually, what I said I was gonna start with earlier, I'm gonna start with a different one. And I'm gonna start with forgiveness. Okay. So it said, for forgiveness, here's the difference. This is an example they use. Moving on means I haven't reached this stage of moving forward just yet. You want to forgive only so that you forget, but the hurt and anger are still there. Letting go means you've let go of your anger and forgiven them and yourself for the mistakes that you made. You never fully forget them. So meaning... Bitter. Sorry. Thank you. Bitter, bitter. Yeah. You're not. But you're not
0: bitter. So I can do with this one. I I've got this is this one hit me. Forgiveness is. Let me talk about my ex-husband, my oldest two children's father. Right. So I spent the better part of 15 years. My son is now 18. Um, it has been 17 years since I have seen him. And it has been, actually, my son is 18. It has been 16 years since I have seen him. It has been 17 years since we were together. And I spent the better part of 10 to 12 years moving on. I thought I had let go. I was done, right? But I was angry. The hurt was there. The anger was there. I went to court to try to fight for child support. For a good five years, I went back and forth to court to try to force him to get visitation. Um, to try to force him to take his visitation. And I thought I was over him, right? I I was in another relationship. I was very committed. I am still with Nick and very committed. And even through all of that, I hadn't let go of it because I was still angry. I was still bitter. I was still resentful. So I was in the process of moving on. Finally, somewhere about I, I, about 12 years into this maybe, I, I don't know, it's been about five or six years now, um, I just let go of it. Literally, I just, I realized it was doing me no good. I wasn't angry, I wasn't bitter. I, I, I forgave him for all of the things he did and said and not being there and it doesn't mean I'll ever forget right it doesn't mean i have anything good for him frankly i have nothing for him at all but that's what i think letting go is there's no anger there's no bitterness there's no resentment there's no hurt there's no there's just nothing so this
1: article really impacted me there was really seven eight different things that it it talked about and from moving on and letting go and i was looking back at my own relationships, all my relationships right? It talked about dating someone new, it talked about getting over the past, it talked about forgiveness, it talked about relationship stance, um, keeping tabs on your ex, and memories. And I hung on to a lot of that for the longest time in the beginning of my recovery. And it was more because of the unknown. So when I when the guy, the with the guy that brought me to coda and i i you know my lease was up on my um the house we were in and i moved to the apartment and i had to kind of like change my surroundings and that was for me the very very first step of kind of letting go right it's like but i didn't let go
0: right i just moved right you were moving on Right, not letting you were in the process of letting go, but you didn't actually let go. Right, and that's what I was going to say. That's what I thought
1: I was letting go, but no, I was I was moving on. I was moving. I was moving on.
0: And, so memories. Sorry. Yeah. But, no. Go ahead. So memories are what really the the memories in the article is exactly what you're you're describing, right? Moving on means you return his stuff and throw out your personal reminders because you don't want to remember him everywhere you look. It's just too painful.
1: I That's- brought stuff with me. So, yes, the house was gone. The, you know, I got rid of his car, his car and like, you know, did all of that and got rid of, you know, I think I mentioned the cons- I did a consolidation thing so like I didn't have to look at the individual bills anymore. But there were certain things that I just wasn't ready to get rid of. Now, did I hang those up around my apartment when I moved? No. They got put away. But I wasn't ready yet. And it was funny because then there was a, like, I put them, I actually put them away good enough that I kind of forgot I had this stuff, you know? And it was funny because I, I, I never found everything at once, and I don't know why I did this. I never put it at, like in a box, like most people would have put everything in one box. I didn't do that for some reason. No, there is no some reason. It's the way reason my pro that it's the way my recovery had to happen. It's the way I had to work through it. I had stuff in different drawers. I had stuff in closet. I had stuff in an, um, a storage area. I had stuff in like I just had stuff like everywhere. Why? I don't know. I'm still trying. I, I'm i not going to try. I'm not trying to figure it out, but I still like I didn't think about that until just now.
0: It was just randomly throughout the house everywhere,
1: everywhere, but not in plain sight.
0: And so not in places you would see normally, like not like in your sock drawer that you go in twice a day exactly it was interesting
1: yeah and so i would find something like i would go be looking for something and i'd open a like a drawer and there it would something would be and i'd be like oh hmm Sometimes early on i just closed the drawer then it got to a point where i'm like okay i need I pictures. stayed in picture frames i need a picture frame so i'd go digging for a picture frame a picture frame. There would be a picture in it. Hmm. Why well, I need this picture frame? And I don't want to go buy a picture frame. So I'm going to take the picture out. But instead of putting the picture back away, I would throw the. I threw the picture away. Then, okay. then I would go look for like. Then it would you know months would pass and I'd have to find something else and I'd have to find and it was just kind of this continuous process
0: where as it would little by little one by one you let things go exactly. Um, I think you just figured out why you didn't just store it all in one box, right?
1: Yeah. It was my leaves and my trees.
0: Little by little, one by one, instead of just all in one big pile to yep. try to sort through all at once. Yep.
1: Now, nowadays, we get into the memories of letting, how I have let go of memories. And you, because earlier you read Moving On of Memories. Now I, right. let, I let go. Do you want to read all that right, one? So-
0: yeah, letting go means that every now and then, something triggers a memory, but you don't feel pain anymore. It's just something that once was, and now it isn't, and that's okay. That is, so that, again, it describes pretty much the memories that I have from most of my past, right? Like my ex-husband, Nick and I before recovery, and the mm-hmm. issues, and the hurts, and When I think of those memories now, I don't have pain associated with them. I used to. There used to be anger. There would be hurt for my kids. There would be hurt for myself. But now it's just what happened. Yeah. It's just life.
1: One of the other ones I found really interesting was, and I did this, um, (laughs) keeping tabs of the ex. Mm -hmm. So staying friends on Facebook, not blocking moving on, right, is changing his name in the phone to some sort of insult or whatever, um, Not, but, you know, not blocking, right? I'm still, still there. Yeah. Or I can delete him as a fe- friend on social media, but I'm going to keep his daughter or his nephew or his sister yeah. because maybe, maybe somebody will pop up. A picture of him will mm-hmm. pop up or maybe, right, And for me, interesting enough, I have remained friends with his daughter. And Mm -hmm. HP, and I shared this a while back in one of the podcasts, right? Nothing would show up. Like she, she, and for me, she was a safe person to keep on because they never have had that, like that relationship of sharing pictures. It's not her. That's not her life. That's not what she does. She doesn't share pictures of her family because she just shares of her own life. Um, So I never really worried about it. And then, you know, it happened and it, you know, that was when I shared with you and the listeners was a picture popped up and I didn't really feel any sort of way about it. And then I went to my therapist and forgot to tell her about it, this monumental thing, and I forgot to tell her about it. So no longer carried any weight. I'm gonna read, I stopped reading for moving on, but it was changed his name. In your phone to some sort of insult as a reminder not to text or call when you are drunk. You are torn between seeing his post because it hurts, but you still can't stand not knowing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Letting go means you have deleted, unfollowed, and maybe even blocked. He's not in your life anymore and you don't really care what's going on. And I think that's the thing. No, nowhere in it said you don't think about him. Right. You're still going to think about him. You still think about your ex husband.
0: That's true. There's still things that happen that create memories for sure. I mean, you've or got. That trigger memories. Sorry. Right.
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, I especially I think for me, and I, you know, Dylan's dad was not overly in his life. And I, for the longest time, like, I would think, God, he's missing so much. I'd look at my kids, you know, look at my, look at Dylan and be like, man, it would remind me of his dad because mannerisms, right? These little weird, freaky things that, you know, he wasn't in his life very much, but yet Dylan picked up somehow.
0: Jabba's the same way.
1: And I'm like, it reminds me, but there's no more like, oh God, why did he get that? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, hmm. That's his dad.
0: It is, and for me, it's even. There's times, and I've said this to Jabba before. He is so much like his biological father, even though his father had absolutely no part of raising him. And it is all the th- things that I absolutely loved about his father. Right? That those are all the qualities that Jabba has that I absolutely adore. Uh, it is all good things, and it's actually. It used to be, right, when I was moving on but hadn't let go, it used to be, oh, he's just like his father. Right. Or, oh, how did he end up being like that when that guy's not even around? And oh. and then, as I started moving on more but still hadn't let go, it became a, huh, yeah, that's like his dad. Or, oh, yeah, his father does that. And now it has been a very quite some time since I've let go I mean it's been many years since I have really truly forgiven and let go of all of that stuff and it it is even more so like everything that I loved about him my son got yep
1: I've said to myself like Dylan got the best of his dad because that's it's it's the same thing for me. It's like when there's little things he'll do and his sense of humor and it was, you know, this quirky, silly part of him. And and I'm like, yeah. man, he got the best of his dad, but yet he got the best of me. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, and that's letting go right to be able to appreciate truly what they brought to the table doesn't mean I forgot what he did. I don't you know, and or. I, it's it is just what it is. He he was he was as much a part of making Dylan as I was. Yes. And I have to be grateful to him for that because without him, I wouldn't have that you kid. You wouldn't have him. No. Nope. That's true. He would not be anywhere around. Exactly. So I don't wanna change that. God, I can't be I mean, I can't thank that man enough. I mean I can't. He you know, he passed, but I can't thank him enough. And so you know what? It's not worth having that bitter and the anger because I say, I don't, I wish he never existed in my life. And he didn't, then that's, my kid's not existing in my life.
0: Right, right. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did used to say those things about my ex-husband back when I was bitter and angry. I, I, there was quite a bit of regret. Now, like you said, it, it, it was always followed up with a, yeah, but I wouldn't have my kids if it weren't for him. It was always followed up with that. And yes, that is very accurate. Um. And it's not that anymore. I'm not sure when or how it changed, but it has become a, I'm thankful for the things that I learned. I'm thankful for the relationship that I had. I'm, I'm thankful for the gifts that I was given from him. It's um, crazy how it changes like that.
1: It is. Then there was another one, um, getting over the past. Moving on. You're still pushing through it. You still feel hurt, anger, when reminded of your relationship. Letting go is the, the past is the past. And you're finally over what happened. You are not reminded of your breakup just on occasion. If you are, if you are, the anger is gone. And that is 100% what this person's letter was about. That's
0: it. The anger is gone. The resentment is gone. All of it is just, it's not there anymore.
1: Yeah. And it makes you lighter. It makes you, and you know, it's so funny because I've talked to her a few times this week and because she is where she's at in her recovery and things have happened for her. And it's, it really has been really interesting because her recovery has just skyrocketed like, just like, bam, in the last six weeks. And um, it was really interesting And this ties into one of the other ones. I, as we're talking this week, she, I said something. Normally, I would say if I said to her, you know, something about dating someone new or being with someone new or, you know, opening yourself up to a a relationship in the future at some point, right? Just kind of like, not saying tomorrow, but just being more open to it. Normally, she would have shut me down. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not no I'm not I'm not there I'm uh, I'm not gonna be I don't know if I'll ever be there like right she would just bam shut me down Hmm. um I said s- something to her into some way about that this week and her response to me was yeah
0: interesting
1: it wasn't it was no longer because right it she was carrying anger she was carrying resentment so I'm so angry and I'm so resentful. So I'm God, I don't want to ever have that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how that changes that quickly.
1: Right now. It's like, that's not saying that's her focus. She's just saying, you know what? Maybe. Maybe it could happen. It might not happen, but I don't control it anymore. That yeah was, I don't control it anymore. Whatever happens is what happens and HP will take care of it.
0: Yeah. That's faith. That's faith. So we've talked a lot about letting go and the differences between moving on versus letting go. How do we get from moving on to letting go?
1: I think the one thing is time. Time heals all wounds. I think there's work we have to do, right? We have to process, we have to do. But to expect it's going to happen overnight, that's unrealistic, Right, I have to be patient with myself. I have to be patient with me processing my feelings and realizing the, what happened in the relationship. My fault, his fault, nobody's fault, all of that. Right, work and time, patience.
0: Work. Waiting to hear you say, because, right, patience, time, yes, for sure. But I don't believe we can just sit by and wait no. for it to go away.
1: In her, le- in her, her letter, Look how much she
0: worked. How hard it was. Yeah. And then think about, like you said, too, the pain the next day for two, three days. Yeah. And then to wake up the next morning and see that more stuff had just fallen right on top of it. And the choice to not sit back in and wallow in it.
1: Right. Because, I, think- I mean, I know me and how I would have been in the past. I would have been like, well, heck, I wasn't with everything. I'd be like, I would have saw it and I'd be like. Oh, I'm going back to bed. And I would go and I'd bury myself under the covers and I would just hide just so i didn't have to deal with it.
0: It's not easy. It, it's not like we can just sit and wait for it to go away. We have to process our feelings. We have to work through those emotions and those memories and those triggers. Um, I think part of part of going from moving on to letting go, and even part of going from holding on to moving on is those triggers and processing those triggers, right? You get to a certain point, and I I would get to a certain point of processing and I would shut down because the panic or the anxiety or the fear or whatever, reason I had in that moment and it was always a valid reason right a panic attack is not a bullshit excuse it is a very valid reason to say I can't deal with this right now right however if every time I try to deal with something I have a panic attack therefore I stop dealing with it I'm never going to be able to move on. I am never going to be able to let go.
1: Right. But then the shift goes, okay, I'm not going to worry about what I'm doing when I get the panic attack. Now I need to look at why am I getting the panic attack? The work shifts a little bit.
0: Processing. Yes. The the processing of the emotions and the, the sitting through the panic attack, the sitting through the anxiety and the fear and not just running away from it that's where the shit gets hard. That's where it gets scary, where we feel all of those negative emotions overwhelming us and the urge to ugly cry and the urge to snot and hyperventilate. And instead of allowing ourselves to do that, I would run away. Uh I would fill myself with kids or work or whatever. I, Even if it was in the moment, I would get up and go outside and start working on the yard if that's the only thing I could find to do. Anything to get myself out of feeling those negative feelings. And in my opinion, for me, I could not move past the moving on and get to the letting go point until I sat through that anxiety, fear, and panic.
1: Just doing it one time doesn't solve like it doesn't go from moving to letting go in one in one sit down even in this person's example it took her three days to to do that but she's also been working on it for the last year plus right right there is that was the final step exactly right she hit okay and it's really interesting because when i talk to her and i'm like looking at the steps and i'm like Man, I could like really just take her from bam nine to twelve like that, because this was so, that
0: happens a lot.
1: It does, and so I when I said to her, you know, we're gonna work on ten, eleven, twelve, and we're gonna be done in the next couple of weeks. One, the first go around, right? This is just the first go around. This is, you know, she's worked them all through for the first time,
0: and it's we jump well, onto the traditions after that,
1: and she was a little like, it freaked her out. Right. Because right. I've been working on all this for a year and I'm in two weeks, I'm going to be done, done. Well, I put quote that, around done.
0: Right. And not only that, but two, does that mean I I, I finished the steps? Does that mean I don't have you to hold my hand anymore and walk me through this and lead me? I remember that feeling.
1: Yeah. and I've, And I ain't going anywhere. I am a codependent for life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. And, you know, and she, it was funny because she had the same thought, like she was like, like there's that, that fear of now what, you know? Um, and so one of the things she wants to talk about in depth when she, when we get to step 12 is what it means to sponsor, what it looks like to sponsor, because she's been scared. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know.
0: Like, and I'm like, oh, let me just say to the person that, to the sponsee that we are discussing, yes. I, I know she listens, you would make an amazing sponsor. She Bomara. would. She Confidence. would. Confidence. And I, you know, one of the things I had
1: to tell, explain to her was I'm not going anywhere. Right. I am still here. You and I have talked about sponsees, I, you know, and I've run, you know, even with other sponsees, not, you know, we don't, we're like, oh, well, this person did it up. Right. It is a discussion of, hey, I have this sponsee what do I need to do? What this is, you know, what, how do I handle this situation? Right? We're here. That is the beautiful thing. We're no we're not alone.
0: That's it. A mentor is a, a sponsor is a mentor and a mentor is here to help anytime they can within healthy limits.
1: Exactly. And she is, she's going to be an amazing sponsor. And you know, she's trying, she's like, how do I know if it's going to be, if that's the right person? And I'm like, you know, and so of course, you know, I've said, we, this is a conversation we're going to have. That is the beautiful thing about having a, a sponsor and working with someone to understand what does it mean to navigate that role when you get there? How do I find it? And I, you know, I'm one of, I said, you know, quickly what it is, is just like what you've been doing for the last year is trust your higher power.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you'll know when it's right, you'll know.
1: Yep, and you'll know when it's not right. And don't just do it. That's the beautiful thing about being, you know, being a sponsor. I can say no. You've learned the boundaries. You've learned how to navigate recovery. And saying no has nothing to do with the other person. I want to thank this person immensely. I am beyond um, happy for her, proud of her.
0: Absolutely amazing.
1: I, I have, I have had, I have some amazing sponsors that have, you being one of them, um, <laughs> that have worked so hard, that have, their lives are just not the way they were day one, and what that's made me is a better, better person, and... I want to thank all my sponsees and thank you for doing this with me. And I can't wait. I, I'm very excited about her her continued journey.
0: Well, I can tell you firsthand, thank you, uh, because as much as you believe we've helped you, in which being a sponsor, I, I absolutely know sponsors help. Their sponsees help their sponsor. Yeah. Um, and that being said, having been one of your sponsors, you have helped beyond anything that you can even imagine
1: and it's and I know you're gonna you're gonna understand this and because you and I've had this conversation it's so weird to say that like from the person mm-hmm. the person hearing it mm-hmm. like me me like I remember you and I had this conversation I know I felt the same way like when somebody asked me to sponsor me what why would you want me what, what am I gonna mm-hmm. like what and I still feel that way. Sometimes it's like, I hear it. And it's like, are they talking to me? They're talking about right. me.
0: <laughs> right. Like who are they? No, I no, don't
1: know no. they're talking about, not me. Oh, it's crazy. Um, so thank you again, um, to this person. And please, I would love, I know you would too, would love to have more of these. Now with that said, it's not just I'm going to send something in and we're going to read it on on this podcast, right? There is something about said about the the level of work that she put into this.
0: Yes, she trans- this is authentic.
1: It is authentic. She transcended beyond what was what anybody would have expected of anybody doing this. And so I don't want anybody, everybody, to think just send in something and it'll be you know. Put the work in. It will be worth it. So. For sure. Yep. All right, Ashley. Thank you for another amazing
0: evening. You also, Dawn, listeners, thank you for such a great podcast and for all of your continued support. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, we do.
1: Yeah, we do. So, all right. Have a great week. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye, Dawn. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.